Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Shopify presents cool sheets from aha to lying awake while you bake isn't cool. I suffered from the wrong kind of hot in bed, heat-induced insomnia. That was my aha moment. Bed sheets that keep you cool. Then I thought, how do I even sell bed sheets? That's when I had the idea that made it all possible. Signing up on Shopify. With the help of Shopify's intuitive online store creator, I started selling sustainable bamboo sheets that keep cool year-round. And my cool idea became a reality. Hot sleepers around the world rejoice. Shopify makes it simple to keep your cool while starting and growing your business. Start selling with Shopify today and join the commerce platform powering millions of businesses worldwide. From aha to anything is possible. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Start selling online today. Sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash free 22. Shopify.com slash free 22. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Inside the File. And it's Griff. And in today's episode, uh, we're going to be talking about the NFL, um, Celtic Sixers, and the MLB. With 645 remaining, Tatum drives down. Oh, 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 um, we got two week. Um, I'll start off with mine. I have Pats plus two and a half over the Bills on Monday Night Football. Um, I think that's easy lockup. Yeah, I think I mean the Pats have um covered the spread of their last six games. Um, I think the Pats win this game outright, and I think this is where the AFC shifts into the Patriots division once again. I think the Bills, um, the it's a winnable game for both teams, but I just think that the Patriots win this one. I think they're just destined to win. Yeah, no, that's what I'm thinking. I, like, I saw that they, were, like, were in favor, and I was like, well, they're going to win the game. Yeah. Like, the Bills are trending downwards, and the Pats are at the point where, like, they're definitely trending upwards, but, like, this is the week where they're going to set themselves apart from everyone else. And, and this is – um. So. Yeah, and that's Monday Night Football as well, so. Yeah, so, like, there's no better time to – Get that done. And then my stock Chargers plus three over the Bengals. An interesting one because the Bengals are actually playing really well right now. Yep. But I think the Chargers bounce back. The Chargers need a bounce back. It's been a couple of weeks um, of offensive struggles. I mean, they lead they lead the league in drops for receivers. I think I mentioned it uh, in the other podcast we came out with this week. They lead the league in drops. Um, Herbert doesn't really have a lot of time to throw and the defense isn't really doing much either. They really need mm-hmm. a bounce back week and this would be a good week to do it uh, just to get the dub over Joe Burrow because you see a lot of comparisons between Herbert and Burrow. So this yeah. is really like going to decide who sets who apart. I agree. I think it'll be, it's going to be a good game. Both, both on my locks, like the games are going to be really good. Yeah, no, I agree. Those are going to be two of the better games um, of the week. 
Um, for my first lock, I've got the Ravens minus four and a half over the Steelers. I think the Steelers are just really on the struggle bus right now with um, Big Ben. He just really cannot throw. Lamar Jackson, um, he's been doing just enough, but I think Lamar Jackson against the Steelers is kind of just like different. Like he's going to go off against the Steelers. He's going to have a great day. A lot of people are predicting them to boom. Um, just whenever you see Raven Steelers, like ju- just predict the better quarterback to win that game. And I'm, I'm predicting Lamar Jackson's going to win it. And it's going to be a really good one. Cause I feel like Ravens versus Steelers is always good. Yeah. Raven Steelers is always good, especially this time of year too, where it usually has some playoff implications yes. late in the season. Exactly. And then like, and like the Steelers are definitely trending downwards, but like the Ravens are in a weird, like, plateau where like they are like not playing well but they're also winning games yeah it's like they're not they're not beating teams by a lot and they're not playing they're not really like playing great, great brand football. of football either yeah but they're still eight and three so in a way win at Heinz Field would really set them apart um make them nine and four and carry that into into December and I mean keep on going for the playoffs because at, at this point they're first in the AFC North and this is like the game that I'm guessing is going to get them going. Yeah. If the, if this was any game like for them to start trending upwards, it would be that yeah. game. Um, my next lock of the week, I actually have dolphins minus four over the New York giants. So the dolphins are five and seven, the giants are four and seven, but the giants are also one and four away. The game is going to be at hard rock. Um, also, I wanted to mention that, the Dolphins have won their last four games against the Texans, against the Ravens, against the Jets, and against the Panthers. They've been putting up great offensive numbers, and their defense has come alive as well. Um, the Dolphins are the worst-ranked team on defense for yards given up, but the past four weeks they've been top five. So I think they just keep on going um, and get a big win to go six and seven over the Giants. I think it's, I think this game is going to be a low-key good game because both teams are actually not playing too bad. The Giants have played decent over the past few weeks. Um, it really hasn't shown in the win-loss column, um, but they got a big win over the Eagles. They lost to the Bucks, and they got a big win over the Raiders. So I think it's going to be a good one either, either way. Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree too. I think that's going to be like a good game, but like even though like both of those teams aren't like necessarily the best teams in the league, but like, it's like it's like it's like a good matchup even and and they're both playing really good right now it's just their records don't say it because they haven't been playing good for for the whole season yeah and i know i forgot what i was talking to about this but um the dolphins defense like they have good players on their defense it's just for some reason their like whole unit is just not clicking together because last year they were ranked very very well yes yes and and this year they i mean because i just wrote a i just wrote a piece uh for our website inside the five.net go check it out about the seahawks struggles and i was looking kind of more in depth about their struggles on defense uh just to find out they weren't the last place team in the league for yards given up it was actually the dolphins which was a big surprise to me yeah which i mean they have like good corners too and it's i feel like it's that whole situation with like i think that started off the year with i forgot who it was but who complained about like, uh Howard, Xavier Howard. It was Xavier Howard. That's what I thought it was. I didn't want to like mess that up. Yeah. I feel like that like just made the whole I like like he tried so that way it wouldn't be a locker room issue, but like you can't like not say that and have there not be an issue with like everyone on the team. 
Right. Yeah, no, exactly. Because, like, I mean, the points that he brought up, and we talked about it a while ago, and obviously this all got soft because he got his money. But the issue was they were paying Byron Jones so much when Xavier Howard had the better stats and really overall was just a better player. And, yeah, and no, like his argument was getting, getting, yeah, valid. It made it so much yeah. sense. So I honestly don't even think that brought anything up in the locker room. But it's kind of just like from that point on, it, it was just a whole part of clicking not only yeah. with the players, like with with all 11 players on the field, but also the coaches. I feel like the play yeah. calling wasn't really that great to start the season. And they're kind of starting to figure out how to use these guys because they lost some guys, but they gained some guys. So it's kind of just like seeing where everybody fits in. And I feel like they're at that point now. And I think they're going to do pretty good against that Giants offense, who is actually playing decent the past couple of weeks with, uh, with Danny Dimes. Yeah, they haven't been awful. Um, another game that I wanted to cover was obviously uh, my Seahawks taking on San Francisco. This was about to be my lock of the week, but not for the Seahawks. But this is officially my last like chance for Russell Wilson to turn around and like have a good season, in my opinion, because we're three and eight right now. We have six games left, right? And, and as of right now, the way that I saw it, we have three very winnable games and then we have three kind of tough games that we can still pull off and pull an upset on because right now we're going to be the underdog in those games. Um, so what, one of the games that we're an underdog in is the one this Sunday against the 49ers. And I really could see us winning this game, but Russell Wilson has to play better than he's been playing. He's been, he's been playing not well at all. And I know it has stuff to do with play calling and I know it has um, something to do with our offensive line, but Will, if you think about it, like literally, when was the last time that the Seahawks' offensive line was good? Like not any in recent memory. No, not not like, since our not I mean, since our two Super Bowl runs. I was gonna say, like, I mean, I think the last time they were good is when Marshawn Lynch was like one of like the best running backs in the league. Yeah, and exactly. like that was that, and I feel like that was purely created on his IQ of the game because like him behind the line, he could find that hole very right. quickly Had that quick first step, but he wasn't necessarily like a speed back, obviously, but yeah. he had that knowledge to like, he was quick. He was, it was quick. It's like was almost strong. like a Kareem hunt, like in comparison to like how it was Kareem hunt, but like better. Yeah, exactly. Like, like, just, hunt is. like he had that ability to just sit behind the line and analyze and then go and like, Obviously, like, the offensive line gave him a decent amount of time to do that. But, like, he was also quick enough to, like, make that decision before anything bad happened. Right. So, the Seahawks are sitting at 3-8, and eight, right? And I, I said before, three easy, easily uh, winnable games. I'm going to mention those right now and see if you agree with that, Will. We have the Texans, um, not this week, but the next week. And then we, we've mm -hmm. got the Bears and we've got the Lions as well on our schedule i think those three games are easily those are easily winnable games and like you would we have six games left right six games yep six games left so you guys can nine and eight if if we win out if you win out in nine and eight which i mean i feel like a good chance to be even we'll see see here here's oh no you wouldn't thing. be even you would be and you can't be even we could be seven and nine or we could be yeah nine and eight. but um yeah what what i'm thinking is um, the other three games that are remaining are the 49ers this week. Um, and then we also have the Rams and then we finish with the Cardinals. So, I mean, we could, we could, like, I don't want to say, but we could technically win out. I think the toughest game we're going to play the rest of the year 
is either going to be this 49ers game or it's going to be the Rams game. The Rams are kind of struggling. You know, they're winning, but they're struggling. Yeah, well, and the Stafford Seahawks, is beat up. They, they said Stafford's dealing with seven different injuries. Like, exactly. He, and, like, he, I mean, he's playing like he is, but he's also not really playing like he's hurt at all either. It's kind of weird. Like, I feel like it really depends on how well their line keeps him, like, giving him time to throw and then also, like, how well their defense is really combating – the opponent's offense. I mean, if we could beat the 49ers and then beat the Texans, the next game is against the Rams. And if we if we're coming off two straight wins and we're going to play the Rams and Matthew Stafford is hurt and they already have enough injuries um on that offensive side of the ball, I feel like it's gonna be a great game. And I think we can pull out a win on that. I would love to go seven and nine. Yeah, no, I think that's definitely a relationship or seven and ten. for the for the season. Wait, I feel eight and nine. Eight and nine. It's confusing. Go yeah, no, I was like, you guys could be even. But I like to totally forgot that about the yeah. extra game. I mean, it, it, I'm uh, my prediction is eight and nine or seven and ten. Yeah, I don't think I we'll feel win like... out. I just think that's a little bit too difficult with what we have going right now. Um, but I if mean, you guys like want to, can't count out the uh, the Cardinals game either as a winnable game. I feel like that is. I think it's a, a very winnable game. game. It's going to be because they're be like the last they're, week of the they're like in a weird plateau as well because obviously Kyler and D Hopper hurt for quite a bit this season and they were dealing with injuries and now they're I yes. believe they're back right Kyler's still questionable okay so like I mean when he comes back we'll see how he is but like, he'll be back by that last week though yeah so I mean but who knows like if they're in playoffs you know what I mean they might not well he he might the, not play but it, it really yes, depends by yes, that yes. Yeah, because I mean they're nine it's sitting at nine and two right now. The Rams are at seven and four. Um, and week seventeen, it could either be a game where they aren't starting Kyler and we win and we go nine and eight potentially, or um yeah. it, could, it could be one of those games where Kyler's playing and they lost another game. And if they lose that game, the Rams win the NFC West and we go out there and we knock out the uh the Cardinals just to screw them over. Like it could be one of those little trap games. Because of the reason, because they got because of the injuries, like they're in a situation. Like obviously, if we talked about right. this like four weeks ago, like we did, like we probably would have been like, okay, well, Kyler's not playing the last like two games of the season, and they're gonna lock up the division. Yeah, yeah, and, and if we were talking about this four weeks ago, like we did, we wouldn't have seen the Seahawks drop three straight after Russ came back. Yeah, which no one. I don't know about that. you, but I I really didn't see that coming. Um, I but didn't either. You, I mean, after like the first loss, like when he came back, and they were like, "Oh, like his his hands not bothering him, etc." But I was like, it definitely was. But like, no, you can't 100%. say that. I think and it then, still like, is because uh, he I was really scheduled to did. come back six to eight weeks. He came back in three. We're not even at that eight week mark yet, and he's playing with it. Yeah, which I think is. It's like it's not ridiculous. Like obviously the situation, like like you said, it, they probably thought about the same way you did in a way. We're like, okay, well, we have this many games left of the season. We have this many winnable games left that we shouldn't really question. Like if we have him back earlier, we win those games. Now we're in a situation where if he needs rest, we might be okay. Yeah, the my issue right now with Russ is with the new Chevy Silverado. You might be driving in this. But with the Silverado's redesigned interior and large infotainment screens, it'll feel more like this. Introducing the new 2022 Chevy Silverado. Find new upgrades. Find new roads. Chevrolet. Like, yes, we don't have a good O-line. 
I get that. Like we're getting pieces and we're going to get pieces over this next off season, but like, he's got to do his part. He's playing awful. Like not even yeah, bad. I know. He's playing awful. Like he's not playing good at all. He's not finding our receivers. Our run game can't get going because our pass game is lacking. So they know they're ready for a run. And, and we have plays where receivers are open down the field and Russ does not throw it to them. I, I really just don't understand. He's taken such a weird, like, turn in his career where it's like the beginning of his career he's making plays he's doing all this he's using his head now I feel like he just doesn't do anything yeah no it's it's kind of weird I I also like I just thought it was quite interesting like the recent games that he's played and like obviously it's not very rust like for him to do what he's been doing but at the same time I feel like part like I can't you can't blame it all on the O-line but at the same right. time I feel like bringing him back earlier is kind of like He's scared to do what he's normally used to doing, and it's in a predicament where he needs to move. He can't afford to move because if he gets hurt again, then that's a bigger problem because he technically shouldn't be back. Right. Because like yeah. if he if, because if he gets a different injury or re-injures the current one, like that we're, could we're screwed. That, that could have implements <laughs> on the next on like off season and the next season, and then you're just in a bad cycle. Yeah, I mean, I would, I would love to get into potential offseason moves, but I think we're going to wait for the offseason to actually hit before we get into, like, that big Seahawks talk. I did get into it, though, on our website, on our blog, InsideTheFive.net. I just came out with it on Thursday, so check it out. It's actually quite in-depth, too, so kind of kind of about everything around the Seahawks, about their run game, about their pass game, about their defense, about about their coaching. I, I covered pretty much all of it. So if you're if you're interested in what we were just talking about, make sure to go check that out because I really did go in depth. Um so yeah I, I don't that's why I didn't want to really cover too much of it just because we already have that up on the website. So um well if if that's cool you ready to move on to a little little Celtics? Um, I had one. You have one more game. Talk about besides like my lock and the Pats because awesome. the Pats were my lock. It's actually tonight's game. We're recording on Thursday. Cowboys. Okay. Yes. Uh, Saints. Um, I just want to say I think this might be one of the most important games for the Cowboys this season to get that trending upwards. Obviously, they're going to lock up the division. I don't think there's a question in that. But they have Amari Cooper back. CD still questionable, I believe, and Dak is playing. Um, after a tough Raiders loss. I think like for momentum because I like they have the the team to like win a Super Bowl this year, hundred percent. Right. It's right. just when all their pieces come back, it's whether or not they do something with it. And if they just keep winning, like when CD comes, if they win tonight, CD comes back next or maybe the following week, and they win back to back, like he's gonna feel great. He like loves being there. Obviously, it's like he's yes. been having a great season. So like I feel like for him to come back happy and like in a good situation will in the playoffs um so well I actually I've looked into the Giants a lot because I'm like really interested in the way that the Giants or not the Giants the Cowboys sorry I was looking at the Giants logo mm-hmm. uh I I'm like interested in the way that the Cowboys just like play because they're they're a very exciting team but a couple of knocks that they have for tonight's game as in Thursday night you guys will already know the outcome of this game first off I think they're going to win the game I, I don't I think do they're going to I don't think they're going to win the game by a lot, but I think they're going to win the game. The reason I don't think they're going to win the game by a lot is because Mike McCarthy's not going to be there. He's de- he's dealing with COVID right now. Um Dan Quinn who was a great coach, the old Falcons yeah. coach, is the interim head coach. 
Um, and I feel like that might be a big issue. Dan Quinn is usually up in the press box controlling the defense. Um, now, I love Dan Quinn. I think he's a great, great, great defensive coach. And Mike McCarthy kind of do, does do a lot on the offense. So it's going to come down. I don't actually know who their offensive coordinator is. So I'm going to look that up. But it's going to come down to their offensive coordinator because I know that the um, – that Dan Quinn's going to lock it up on defense tonight, being down there. Oh, it's Kellen Moore. Why would I ever sleep on Kellen Moore? Um, I think if they can gel well together with Dan Quinn being their interim head coach, um, everything will work out fine. That, But, like, the only reason I'm kind of scared about tonight and the reason why I'm not sure that they're going to win by a lot is just because they're missing their head coach. And missing your head coach is kind of a big deal in the NFL. It's a big yeah, deal no. anywhere. I 100% agree. And then the, what I wanted to say about the game was I know like the offense might have some issues because obviously now I actually didn't even know McCarthy was going to be out tonight. I yep. didn't realize that until now. Also, wait, I, I wanted to say, I don't know why I said I don't know who their offensive coordinator. Obviously, I knew it was Kellen Moore. I just like blinked <laughs> yeah. for a second. Kellen Moore yeah, is no, nasty. Like, the, I feel like just because, well, one, Dan, like their defense – and like yeah. I think their defense is gonna actually have an absolute day tonight. Yeah, an absolute against, night, I guess. Against I guess. Jason Hill. Yeah, I just don't like that. Like Saints offense is just so like diminished. Like I don't even know what the right word to use is. It's just like lackluster, I guess, is the best one. Yeah. Like they play yeah, decent. Say. It's just like once they actually play a squad that has a good defense, can't do anything. So like I'd expect Micah Parsons to have a night tonight. I mean, I mean, missing out on um, Armstead and Ryan Ramchek on the offensive line; those are two of the best offensive linemen, not not only on the team but in the league. Um, yeah. So missing out on them, and not only are you missing out on them, you're missing out on Alvin Kamara, which essentially is your whole offense. So I think it's I think it's going to be interesting to see what um, Sean Payton does with Taysom Hill because it's like how. Is it going to be like an old school, like 2000s college offense where we're just running with our quarterback all over the place? Or are we really going to be slinging the rock like to Deontay Harris and all, all these other options that they have at receivers? Because they don't have um, like a bad receiver room at all. No. Like they have they good don't. receivers. It's just about mm -hmm. what they're going to do with the run game today or tonight. That's really going to decide what the, uh, what the score of this game is going to be. But I think no matter what, the Cowboys are going to lock it up, and I think the Cowboys are going to improve to eight and four. Um, I don't see the Cowboys losing three games in a row this season. No, I don't. I don't either. And like, obviously, like the Saints do have a good like wide receiver room. It, I think, like if they if they do what they did last year with Taysom Hill and start running, yeah. they're they're done. I think they're completely in the mud tonight because yeah. like like the Cowboys defense it will just be ten times more effective having a QB just running the whole night. There's no way they do anything. Exactly. Exactly. You already have like, like Trayvon Diggs looking for a pick every time the ball is thrown in his vicinity. Like every time the ball's in the air in his area, like I guarantee you it's it's not it's, going by him. Right. Yeah, no. So I think I mean this this game has to be a Cowboys win. Like this is a must-win game because it, yeah. they are the better team and, and they cannot they cannot afford to lose three games in a row. Even in the NFC East, it's it's not just about winning the NFC East. It's about what position you're going to get in the playoffs. Like this could decide.
being the two seed or being the three seed or being the four seed. So yeah, it's I mean, gonna, like, they have to win. Like they play in the NFC, they're going to be playing a lot. Of, like obviously, the Cowboys can play almost in like any weather, but I feel like just the team that they have themselves, if they end up playing somewhere where there's going to be snow, they're going to get screwed over. I mean, you want you want home field as long as you want. Exactly. Like I mean, at some point, I feel like if they make a run, they're going to end up in Lambo. Yeah, yeah, they'll end up at. I mean, they have a decent chance to end up at Lambeau if they lose, I think, two more games. Yeah, this year. like that's what I mean. If they, if they like, if they end up losing, like they could easily end up yeah. at Lambeau. And but but it, if game. not, it's. I mean, I really think this this year, like, they could claim a two seed, have the one seed be knocked out, and have the NFC Championship at Jerry's World, and just have home field throughout the playoffs and then go play at SoFi Stadium. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, no, good good job mentioning that because I totally forgot to cover it. I just didn't think about it because the the episode's coming out on Friday, but I was interested yeah. in that game. Yeah, and also like the rest of the games this week are all very weird matchups. Like it's going to be like yeah, it's gonna it's either gonna be like a slow Sunday or it's gonna be like the Sunday that we had a few weeks ago where like all the maps were weird, but they were all good games. Good games. It's yeah, so we'll see. Yeah. Right. So moving on, we got um a big game between the Celtics and the 76ers on Wednesday night at TD Garden. The Celtics ended up winning the game 88 to 87, thankfully. Um, so yeah, the Celtics now improved to 12 and 10. Um, off of Jason Tatum's 26.16 rebound performance. I overall, I just want to talk about this game. I didn't watch the full game, but I did watch um, the last quarter in which Jason Tatum actually could not be stopped. Robert Williams had, I mean, technically the game-winning block. I don't know if you saw that play. It was I, the, yeah, it was the, I, I wasn't able to. It was, the, it was the last shot of the game. Rob Will blocked a three somehow. Oh, to win the game. Um, I just wanted to say this game made me very ha- happy as a Celtics fan. We didn't put up a lot of points, right? But neither did the mm-hmm. 76ers. And a big thing that I really liked about this game, and the main reason I actually wanted to talk about this game was because Joel Embiid only had 13 points. He had That's 13 points. Good. He had a ton of rebounds, which is what you should expect. But if you can if you can have Joel Embiid score less than twenty points, you're gonna have to rely on guys like Seth Curry, Tobias Harris, and, and Matisse Thybul to put up a lot of numbers, which they just couldn't. Because I mean, our starting lineup of Marcus Smart, Jalen Brown, Tatum, Horford, and Williams matches up perfectly against the 76ers, and it matches up perfectly against a lot of teams. Yeah. And having Schroeder come off the bench right now, I'm cool with um, in games like this. And there's going to be more games where we're going to need that offense. So we're going to see Schroeder play more minutes than Smart. And and I know we wanted to see – we wanted to see Schroeder start, obviously. But I don't mind when our starting lineup is Smart, Brown, Tatum, Horford, and Rob Will and having Schroeder come off the bench. If Schroeder gets more minutes because we need his offense – then that, that's what's going to happen. And I think Schroeder is okay with that. I also love the way that Josh Richardson has been playing throughout this whole year. And shout out Grant Williams for being in the 50-40-90 club somehow. Wouldn't have ever expected that, ever. Ever. I, like, saw ever. Instagram, like, the day it happened. And I was just like, what? 
Yeah, he's been playing yeah. good though. He, to be fair, he actually has been playing good. Like. He, he, no, he has. He's been playing very well. And sometimes we will run a small ball lineup where we have him at center. He's six foot five. It's like insane, which is nuts. He he provides. He didn't provide a lot on offense against the 76ers, but at the same time, nobody did. I mean, Al Horford had 10, Rob Will had 10, JB only had nine. Um, Schroeder obviously had double digits and 13. Schroeder, Schroeder's awesome. Schroeder, Schroeder was Schroeder awesome in awesome. the fourth quarter as well. He got the crunch time minutes with Smart out there. I think they took out JB for a little bit and they ran Schroeder and Smart, which I actually don't mind both of them um, on the court at the same time because it lets Smart um, – or it stops Smart from taking the dumb shots because Schroeder is open and takes better shots. Um, yeah. So We're the not Celtics forcing are, shots like per usual. Yeah. So the Celtics are actually in a pretty good spot right now, twelve and ten. Um, our next few games, we take on we take on the Jazz. I want to say that's tomorrow. It's going to be Friday night, and then we take on. Yeah, that's Friday night, and then we take on Portland who will most likely not have Damian Lillard. It's at Portland. Portland has won 10 home games in a row. But without Damian Lillard, I think we'll be all good. And we take on LeBron again. We take on the Clippers. We take on the Suns. And, I mean, I think it's going to be an interesting West Coast little road trip. And we're going to see how many games we can win out of that. And then we'll come back. We'll play the Bucs. And the Bucs is going to be a great game. Greek night, shut up. <laughs> night, and, and, then, and then after that, they've got Steph at the TD Garden, Will, which I actually really want to go to this game. Um, That's because be that, game. that could be the night, Will, where Steph sets the all-time record for most three-pointers made. In a career. That would be insane. Because he's That's what he's on pace to get. He's on pace to get it within, like, that day. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a with the new Chevy Silverado, you might be driving in this. But with the Silverado's redesigned interior and large infotainment screens, it'll feel more like this. Introducing the new 2022 Chevy Silverado. Find new upgrades. Find new roads. Chevrolet. Within like three or four days of that day. Like, because, I mean, he didn't do great against the Suns in that game, but he's very, very close to the record. I think he's like 30-something three-pointers made which I mean who knows he could do that in like three games he could do that in four games he could do that in six um, yeah it really just depends on who he's playing and how he plays yeah, exactly but the Suns I mean the Suns did a great job playing against Steph Curry I watched that game that game was nuts um Bridges locked up Steph DeAndre Ayton even played good defense against Steph just the way that they had uh things going um on defense they're a very good defensive team they are made to play great defense against guards and they play again they play the Warriors again I want to say on Friday as well and that game is yeah they play them on Friday Suns Warriors again that game is going to be insane because the Warriors are 18 and three and the Suns are 18 and three as well 
I mean, both teams yeah. are – that's insane records for both teams. Especially and, at this point of the season, like, they only have three losses. Yeah, I know. I mean, you're 18-3, and three, both of them. And Devin Booker's most likely going to be out for that game. And, yeah, I, I mean, I like the Warriors in that game. The only issue with the Warriors is they don't have bigs. They, yeah, they're still – well, they just put um, Wiseman and Clay in their G League team, so they're coming back soon. Right, yeah, no, they they are coming back. Once Wiseman comes back, I mean, Clay's going to be huge as well, obviously. But yeah, I don't, I don't really feel like I even have to talk about Clay because we know what Clay's going to provide. But yeah. when Wiseman comes back, it's going to be nuts because right now we have, or not we, I'm not a Warriors fan. <laughs> right now the Warriors have Kevon Looney, who's a decent center, but their backup center mm-hmm. is Nemanja Bielitsa. He's like six eight, like that's like when we yeah. run Grant Williams because he just like shoots three. <laughs> Yeah, he doesn't do, like, much. But, like, yeah. they're playing well, so. They're playing very well. And once – it's going to be crazy when they're at full strength later in the season because not only are they missing Clay and James Wiseman, they're also missing Andre Iguodala, who's, who's a big part to anybody's bench. Yeah, I agree. So, yeah, I mean, I, I wasn't expecting to get into Warriors talk, but they are playing very good right now. And the Celtics, I mean, we were worried about them earlier in the season, Well, but I like the way that we're playing. I know we're just a couple games over 500, but that's a big win against um, Joel Embiid in the 76ers. And then we, and then we got a tough little West Coast road trip, and we're going to see what comes out of that. If we can sneak out a few wins, we'll be in a good spot. Right now we're second in the Atlantic. We're back above the Knicks. We're above Philly. We're above Toronto. We're just a couple of games back of, uh, of the Nets. Yeah, no, I'm I'm excited for this stretch, especially since I'll actually be able to watch it because of break. Yeah, I can't well, like I literally been only able to follow the Celtics through like news and like ESPN like stats and like seeing like highlights. But like, I mean, I mean it, that's fine. But like, I'd rather like watch live. It's a hundred times better. Yeah, no, that's facts. That's facts. So yeah, um, moving on, the MLB. I, the, this is what I'm very excited about. Like this, like, well, I'm not excited that the MLB is happening. This is what's happening in the MLB, but I'm excited to talk about this because so, it's yeah. I mean, quite well, an interesting. Yeah. It's well, you quite can, an you can interesting. Take the four. Um, so we'll start off with one, the offseason moves continued, yep. regardless of the lockout that just happened. But I feel like we'll talk about the lockout first and then we'll go into some Red okay. Sox stuff. Yep. Um so, Last night, 12.01, so technically this morning at 12.01, the MLB decided to do an early lockout to try to save the 2022 season. Um, They put out a letter to the fans, the MLB did, and I thought it was quite – I read most of it. I got the gist of it within, like, the first two paragraphs of it, and it sucked. Um, Basically, (laughs) like, basically Rob Manfred blamed the MLBPA for not – complying with his ideologies for the the CBA. And then they were like, well, hopefully they do so. And then we can get the season on the way and continue what's going on. And yeah. like, that's just like, I'm not really sure like what the point of him. That's like saying that was like, cause like they have to listen to him like anyways, but they're just not. So then there's a problem. That's why there's a lockout. But like, I don't understand why it's like, oh, if they listen, well, everything will be going through. Well, yeah. Well, if they agreed with it, then like there wouldn't be a yeah, problem. Exactly. So I was actually like, like interested in the in the MLB lockout. This is the ninth one. It's the ninth stoppage of play in 
MLB history. And I, I actually didn't know that it was coming until like last week. I, that's when like kind of buzz started coming that like there was potentially yeah. going to be a lockout. I was interested to see how early it came. I mean, it's December 1st. We're not going to report for spring training until uh, early March. And it's like, are, are they going to be able to like play games or is this lockout going to last us until like May? Like, because it, it's so early. Like, yeah, I, I mean, like, I've seen it with the NBA. We saw it in, what was it, 2011 or 2010, something like that. We saw it in the NFL. We saw it with the refs in the NFL, too. And that was the worst thing that has ever happened in professional sports. That was sports. bad. That was when, 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 when there was the scab refs, those refs yeah. were literally like high school officials. Like, I ref high school football. That's like if I went to go ref the Seahawks versus the Packers. It, that was like an abomination of officiating but yeah, with, no, with the mlb like, being a lockout in free agency well you can't talk to free agents you can't make trades you can't sign anybody you can't do anything that's involved with your team no so like like i mean hopefully it doesn't last that long they do that way they could have more instant extensive talks i i think that's the right word um but like Honestly, like the way we're lined up right now is shortened season, full season, probably going to be a shortened season again, which there's nothing wrong with a shortened season. Like it was interesting to watch because like every game mattered. Like, Mm -hmm. I mean, like they played a 60 game season and every single one of those games mattered. Just unfortunately, Red Sox were awful that year. Yeah, they just weren't. Yeah, so like it wasn't really appealing, but like the World Series was the playoffs where like everything else was cool. It's just like your like our favorite team just wasn't good. So yeah, I mean, but we got the best middle infielder in in the nation. So yeah, so it doesn't it'll it'll be good to play in like five years. That's how the MLB (laughs) works. Yeah, and then the other thing is well, one they erased all their pairs, so like though so they can still use their likeness, but they can't their photos i saw that because um, so they, a bunch of not players are just posting like blank photos uh yeah so Twitter. they're not like allowed to use any of their team photos i believe now so like me wearing the red Sox hat right now like is like kind of illegal that's the way that i'm picking this up well and so if someone like if you played on like on the red Sox right now cannot post a picture of them on the red Sox. i'm pretty sure but they're allowed to That's use probably their why. name because of the Red Sox, but they can't say they're affiliated with that because no one, like, I guess, theoretically, everybody's free agent. Yes. Like, well, not it's not being a free agent. It's just nobody is in the MLB. Yeah. Like you, <laughs> the, like, MLB the MLB right MLB now is does thing. not exist. Like, it, it doesn't. It, well, I mean, it really doesn't because, like, there's a lockout. No one's technically obligated like so like, and a few players tweeted out like which is obviously awful a few players who had these ending injuries and like surgeries and stuff like that they can't receive um care right now from like like the from best the team doctors and stuff like that like because they have the best doctors right and the best medical staff like each team does and then they just they can't like they have to go like obviously like, local medical teams will be fine it's just like after going through that to like that like who knows what that means for their career right i was 
that's why I was confused because like Jackie Bradley Jr. Obviously, I'll just mention it. We traded away Hunter Renfro, which first off, I don't like the trade. Um, but we traded Hunter Renfro. Move, but we traded Hunter Renfro for Jackie Bradley Jr. and in a couple of uh, prospects who we'll see in fifteen or so years. Um, and Jackie Bradley Jr. like didn't say anything, like at all on any social medias. But he's not allowed to. That's why. Yeah. So like they, I, they they were well he's not allowed to but we like the team did because the like team we made the move before midnight so we were allowed to say it and no matter yeah. what happened we just were allowed to announce and then that was the we last like thing a, we could but like they announced it yesterday right they also said something today I believe but now like they're like right. no one's allowed really to to like say <laughs> anything really do anything. And then, like, also, the whole thing where they're blaming the MLBPA for the problem, I'm like, it's really, like, them trying to fix the problem. I mean, here's here's the thing that I always think about with all, all professional sports leagues in America. Um, when it comes down to, like, this lockout, you cannot blame this on the MLBPA because the MLBPA or, or say, the NFLPA or, or the NBAPA, it is never going to be their fault. They are never going to try to actually like finesse the the league, but the league is always going to try to finesse them. Like that's always the case. Oh, that yeah. They have to, the, the players association for any league in America is literally obligated to basically say yes to everything that, right. that their league says they have to do. And it's like, all right. And then they tell the players, this is what's going on. Yeah. figure it out and then when the cba expires whatever agreement they came upon the last time then that's how this happens because then they have no like in the cba it's obligated that they have to listen because they signed something but now that it's up they have no obligation to be like okay like no like we don't have to do this like i'll yeah. sit at home and like obviously no one wants to do that but like nobody yeah nobody actually wants to sit at home but at the same time like the the thing that um, this is when like these professional leagues turn into the NCAA where it's like we can make so much more money. Um, it just so happens that we're going to fuck over these players. And, yeah. and like they, so they try to do it. They try to finesse them. It doesn't work. And this is what it leads to. It just never makes sense. The governing body is always going to try to make the max amount of money, not caring about anybody else that it's harming as long as they're bringing in revenue for themselves. And that's why these lockouts happen. That's what I'm trying. That's what, that's kind of what I was trying to say with like saying it's never the players association's fault because it's not, it's, it's always the league or the governing body trying to take advantage so they can produce the most revenue for themselves. Honestly, like, I'm sure everyone has the same thing, but it, it, in all honesty, it has to be Manfred's fault. Yeah, it's I mean, Benton's I mean, fault. No, like Manfred ever. isn't a good commissioner, and there's only a, a handful, or not even a handful. Like I can count on my fingers how many good commissioners there are in our major, our major league sports in America, or even like over the world, because like these guys are here, and I feel like the commissioner, like first off. Roger Goodell sucks. Yeah, I was going to say really the only one that sucks. I'm a huge fan of is um, why did I just draw a blank on his name? I literally know. What league? What league? It, uh, Adam Silver. Yeah, Adam Silver. I yeah, like. Adam I think Silver. 
I do too. I think he's fantastic. The only big issue I have with Adam Silver is he loves LeBron too much, which is, if you think about it from a business standpoint, it's not fair. a bad thing. Not, it's, not it's a, a bad it's a, thing. It's a, it's a fair point for him to be like, okay, we have to like treat him well because like technically she's the best player in like the world. Right. Like, and and I mean, just, the things that he facts. does is to get LeBron more revenue, but it's also to get himself more revenue through LeBron because which helps the entirety of the league. Yeah, because like, that helps they're, everybody. They're, they're all their groups are fine. And ever since the last law, which was 2011 for them, I believe, ever since then, I'm pretty sure everything's been sailing smoothly. Um, for the uh, NBA. Yeah. Another commissioner that I actually don't mind is the NHL commissioner. Gary Bettman. Bettman. Yeah. Bettman's not full. I mean, he, he's doing a good job of, like, expanding the game. I mean, oh, they've yeah, added no, two I think, new I teams. Think, like, I think that's great. I think they do still have some, like, minor problems. They, but, yeah, they yeah. there's just it, – it's nothing as bad as the MLB is. I think that I think ba- I worst. think by far – I was about to say by far. I, this isn't a thinking thing. By far, the MLB has the worst commissioner. It, it's, and it they has are to the, be the worst. worst, like, run league. I mean, you see the way that they work with their minor leagues. They finally just got housing for their minor league players. They, they, yeah, it's 2021. The minor leagues have been like, a thing since, like, the 40s. Well, like, the problem is, like, even, like, double-A, single-A, low-A, like, high-A, whatever. You know what I mean? Like, those yeah. ones, I can understand. Like, there might not be enough funding for the lower – minor league teams but like your triple a players should not be paying like be finding housing on their own like i mean yes they definitely should be able to pay for it i agree yes but like like they should not have to like okay like i mean we can even use our example like the worcester red sox like from them moving from Pawtucket for them to all find housing in worcester like i mean we we live in worcester so like that's damn near almost impossible yeah, the, the that good many thing is people. though the good thing is though that I like what I like what the Red Sox organization do, does, and I don't know if um I don't know if any other organization does just because I'm a sport management major on LinkedIn I was looking through like the the Red Sox organization their front office they do have like a head of um like minor league housing for for each each team for triple a for double a for low a and high a they have four different workers that their main job is to find housing for which is players. perfect yeah because that's it was exactly team, what it was you team, need it was team optional for it's team optional forever until literally this year and then yeah. the other problem is is they can't decide on rule changes in an efficient manner like not even not only finding out what will work but like doing it and having it like and executing it like they've been talking about having a pitch clock for years and they're like oh how would you feel about that or like the new like mound rule by pushing it back like two feet or whatever to so that way players can see the ball more so there's more action and they're like trying to find rules for the audience to be more pleased when in reality i don't think like that is necessarily the issue right yeah i I feel like they're so focused on things that aren't aren't or shouldn't be the priority. No, like that. I mean, like I totally agree that like they definitely need to figure out something to make viewership go up because I mean, obviously, I think this year it was one of the highest it's been in a long time. Yes. 
Um, I thought this year was great. I mean, one, the Red Sox were doing good. So like I was definitely watching, but I was more attentive to the league as a whole, not even just like the Red Sox. Like usually like you only hear about the top teams and then like you hear about the bottom teams because you're like, oh, at least we're not them. Like that's how you only hear about them. And then like this year, I felt like we heard a lot about the middle teams because the race this year for each division was fairly good. But like the whole like pitching situation, how they can't figure out a rule for that. And then they decide to test it out in the minor leagues and spring training. Like that's not going to do anything because like most teams aren't actually playing their players. Yeah. Right. Like it doesn't necessarily like you'll see it on the offensive standpoint is what they're looking for. But like, you're not going to find anything from the defensive standpoint. There's really nothing to change there. Right. So uh, like you said, with, with um, like people paying more attention to the MLB, they, they've been down for the past couple of years, not only with COVID, but the year before COVID. Um, the last year, I mean, compared, so like the way that we see it, Will, is exactly how it actually is, which is kind of rare with us because I feel like if we're paying attention to something, we think everybody's paying attention to something, but most of the time nobody's paying attention to it except for us. But, yeah. but with the MLB, you, you hit that right on the, right on the right on the nail it was perfect 2021 like this past season was the most watched season since 2017 yeah no i like it like they have been down down very bad and covid really really like almost put them like i mean should have put them out if they didn't actually make that much money but we were talking about it all throughout high school how baseball was straight up dying and this year was like since like freshman freshman year i mean we we saw it was like practically like dead i mean middle school i mean we got to see a rose win against the cardinals like we won i believe that was like our eighth grade like in eighth grade they won or seventh Seven. grade they won Seven. yeah so like we saw that and like at that point like baseball was like in a decent spot wasn't great wasn't bad like it was still watchable and then like we waited junior year which was the 2017 2018 season which was the last yeah. most watched season in the red one so like basically what i'm saying is when the red Sox are good everyone's happy <laughs> but yeah, yeah. but no but no, but like honestly though but like that's still not great like i mean yeah it makes us watching baseball better and when the red Sox are good but like i still watch a decent amount when they're not good it's just not awesome right yeah no agreed um so yeah i mean the mlb i think will forever have issues under rob manford i don't think he's not only do I not think he's great, I don't think he's good. Well, uh, I mean, I, job. honestly, honestly, I think, well, that's one issue. The second two, I think for, I feel like the Hall of Fame situation is. The Hall of Fame situation is, is the absolutely worst thing in ever. the mud. I think that ruins the fan base because like half, like to be fair, half of MLB's fan base has seen all those players that are trying to get in the Hall of Fame. Yes. Like they're all much older than we are. And that's the only reason why most people still care. Cause you're like this guy hall of fame. And like now like your team's in the news again, when no one makes the hall of fame, your team is not in the news. There, there should like, never be a year. Well, there, there should never be a year where zero people make it into the hall of fame. I think that's there should be like at outrageous. least the minimum of three people making it to the hall of fame. Like they're losing money by not putting people in the hall of fame. Exactly. And the worst part is it's not like it's like the owners or, or past hall of fame members. It's sports writers. Like it's, it's people that like, it's, it's essentially writers. It's essentially it's, it's the same issue. Like we talked on the last episode with the ball and door. It's the mm-hmm. same thing. 
It's yes. virtually the same thing, but people from the Ballon d'Or can actually figure out who they want to win. Yes, it could be a little biased. That's always been a problem with that award, and like everyone talks about it all the time. But like, yeah, the MLB is just not biased. They're biased towards not putting anybody in the Hall of Fame, like ever. Like they just it, like they they swear that it's like an ultra elite, where like in reality, like the best players deserve to be there. Right. Um. So I always bring this up. I, I always, always, always bring this up. Um, what's his name? Mr. Baker. What's his first name? David Baker. David, David Baker, who is um, the president and the CEO of the Pro Football Hall of Fame. I've heard a couple of interviews uh, that he's had, and he puts it perfectly, not only for football, but for every sport. If you are writing a book, of the history, we're talking about the MLB, of the history oh, of baseball, can this book be written without this person's name in it? And if you're telling me that Barry Bond's name cannot be in that book and that still is a good representation of the history of the MLB, you're stupid. Him? What about Sammy Sosa? Sammy Sosa? He's I mean, Barry Bonds this is in the... Sam, this is, like, yes. the worst part is they have an expiration date. So, like, there was a whole list that came out, the whole list. There, I think there's, like, seven people on that list that this is the last time they can ever, ever, ever make the Hall of Fame. After this year, they can never see the face of that building ever again. Yeah. I mean, like, I just think it's outrageous. Like, it's I mean, stupid. like, I feel like when people think about baseball, Barry Bonds comes into mind. I mean, definitely Sammy Sosa. Barry Bonds is one of the first names. I like, 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 and, and the worst part is it's not even a celebration at that point when these players get in. It's like, thank it's God. like, a, it's I like, didn't a think bounce. I was going to yeah. get recognized. Finally. Like, yes, I mean, like sometimes it happens in the NFL, but like, they're like hyped. They're like, oh my God, like, that's cool. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's hard mm-hmm. to get in the Hall of Fame for the NFL because there's so many names and people trying to get in, but they don't expire. Like, why? Yeah, would, exactly. Like, why does my career have a time? The, the Pro Football Hall of Fame is like the best. Like they have it. It's 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 definitely they definitely have it done. That in the end down and they honestly both of them have it perfect. I I I agree. I mean, yeah, like sometimes like people don't get in, but like think about this way, eventually you will. Like your class just might be very difficult. Like that's more than likely the case. They don't even have classes in the MLB. Like well, they do, but it's just like it's not an actual class. They're just like they look at everyone that's retired and like, all right, these are the best players, like. I mean, like the thing and, is, and, and and like in the NFL, you can and in the MLB, you can literally vote anybody. Yeah, yeah, no, it's stupid because like it's like the people that didn't make it last year are going to be in that class, plus the people that are first year eligible. And I mean, David Ortiz is first year eligible; he's going to make it, right? Tim Lincecum yeah. should make it. Manny Ramirez, Manny Ramirez, and A Rod are two names that it's like, are they not going to make it first ballot? Which is which seems ridiculous. It, I mean, it, it, like, like honestly, like I mean, different topic for a different day. But I feel like at the same time, like the list that for this year, like is ridiculous. But now, well, they basically just bought themselves out of a hall, hall of fame trip this year because they can't put anyone in because it doesn't exist. I mean, looking at this ballot, well, Bobby Abreu, Barry Bonds. Roger Clemens, Carl Crawford, Prince Fielder, Ryan Howard from uh, the Phillies, Torrey Hunter, Andrew Jones. You have Tim Lincecum. You have David Ortiz. You have Jonathan Papelbon. Like, you have Manny Ramirez, A-Rod. 
Um, Jimmy Rollins, Kurt Schilling, Gary Sheffield, Sheffield. Sammy Sosa, Mark Teixeira, Billy Wagner. All of these guys, in my opinion, deserve to be in that Hall of Fame. And I guarantee you, less than half of them will be. Jimmy Rollins, Jake Peavy's on this list. Jake Peavy, the GOAT. Um, Like, like I I remember seeing them post this, like, last month or maybe a month and a half ago. And I was just Uh like... And, like, all these names that, that are on this list, I feel like if you talk to, like, a bunch of people and you showed them these names, it'd be like, oh, my God, remember this guy? Remember this guy? Exactly. Remember this guy? And, like, you can do that for any Hall of Fame ballot. But at the same time, there's just not enough people in the Baseball Hall of Fame where they're just, like, like they're just, they're just essentially basically pissed off that people juiced and are trying to rewrite the history of baseball. That's yeah. basically what they're doing. Like and that and that's that co- comes back to the viewership. It comes back to the fan it's a, bases. It's a it's, modern day history. It's a modern day Hall US Fame, history book. Being in the Hall of Fame is like if one of your favorite players is in the Hall of Fame, that is so much different from them not being in the Hall of Fame. And Barry Bonds and Sammy Sosa not being in the Hall of Fame, those are two of the most important players of the the nineties. Maybe the two most important players of the nineties. Like they yeah. genuinely changed the game. Yes, they juice. And yes, it was the biggest scandal ever. But at the same time, it was the biggest scandal ever. And you know what a big scandal brings you, Will? That brings you uh popularity. It brings you viewership. It it, 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 it brings you it, it brings like, brings you if anything that helps like, you out. Like the fact that they were even like, I don't I still don't like like I'm totally not for the whole like juicing thing, but the yeah. fact that they did it and they were actually good, like that's that's different. The skill was there. It's just that they were ten times stronger than they were before. Yeah. yeah. Like I mean, like cool. He hit the ball four hundred and eighty feet out of the stadium, but I mean, like if he juice, he was hitting it four twenty. Yeah, exactly. Like, it, was still going like out. <laughs> it was still going out regardless. It just it went a little further for the fans. <laughs> <laughs> like the ball wasn't like not leaving the stadium like it was going out so. exactly yeah no so i mean the mlb is just completely over um as will's getting super excited so i'm guessing that the manchester united scores now two to one and not one to one yes so yeah well I, I don't have anything else i don't know about you man that's that's all i got for today all right well hope you guys enjoyed um, all four of our locks of the week are going to hit this weekend. So smash that on your bets. I'm down bad on betting, so I don't think I'll be betting on Sunday. I think I'll be out of money in my account. But I will see you guys on Tuesday. Make sure you go check out the socials inside the five pod. Make sure you check out the website inside the five.net. Have a good weekend and peace. Peace.